Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. If there's something I need, I don't already have. Hi, everybody. It's Jamie Lee Curtis. You're listening to the Good Friend Podcast, presented to you by iHeartRadio. It's a podcast about friendship, sort of the good, the bad, and the ugly, the triumphs of friendship, the immense connection and emotion of friendship the laughter, and occasionally the tears. We explore it all in an unscripted, very free-form way with many, many different guests, some I'm very close friends with, some I've never met. And I hope that you will take away from it something that connects you to your friends and that the ideas that we talk about can maybe be taken into your own friendships. So sit back or take a walk or however you listen I hope you enjoy it and stay tuned. If you could only see me, which you can't because it's a podcast, but I have a smile kind of ear to ear. Um, My friend Sarah Cunningham has agreed to talk about friendship here. And I welcome you, Sarah Cunningham. Thank you, friend. My friend, (laughs) my good friend, Sarah Cunningham lives in Oklahoma. Yes. (laughs) I live in California. You might wonder how we know each other. I'm going to tell you just to, for the uninitiated listener, um, I I think we may have one listener, Sarah, 
And knowing your family, we have eight um, listeners. So, so Sarah Cunningham, I met because Sarah Cunningham did something that has changed the world. Um, I met Sarah because I saw a Facebook post that Sarah put up into the world that basically said if you are a same-sex married, uh, getting married in a same-sex wedding and your biological parents, uh, your biological family do not support you, that she would show up as a stand-in mom um, and that I believe you said you'd even bring the bubbles. Yes, that's true. I meant the kind that you blow and it goes out in the air, but some people say, where's the champagne? It's okay. It can be champagne bubbles. It can be the kind you blow in the little thing like a child. And (laughs) it, it was such a declaration of strength, community, respect, courage, steadfastness. I'm closing my eyes and trying to think of words that pop into my head um, about that action, that action that you took. You took an action. You took a decision. You didn't make the decision. You took it and you raised your hand. And it then, of course, exploded. It went, as the kids say, a little viral. And I saw it. And I saw it not once, but twice it had made its way into my phone. And I cold called Sarah Cunningham. I believe it's called Facebook stalking or Twitter stalking. I do a lot of that, apparently. And um, I sent her a DM. I slid into her DMs. And as the kids say, and I sent her a message um, with my telephone number. Um, and that began then a f- relationship, a friendship, a collaboration, and a friendship, a real friendship. Um, and so that's how we know each other. And that's how we will continue to know each other for the rest of our lives. Because once you meet this woman, um, you don't let go of her. Um were you always like that in friendships? Are you that type of person? Yes. Yes, I invest all of myself into a relationship. Sometime to my... To your detriment? Yes, thank you. It's all right. Well, I've, I've never had too many friends. Uh, I'm a very social person, but I have um, some very good friends you could probably count on one hand. And uh, some of them make me laugh. Some of them call me out. Some of them um, just like everything I do, I can do no wrong. And um, some of them I glean from and admire greatly and, and just learn. They might be out of my caliber, and I mean that respectfully, but um, it's just a, kind of a diversity of friends, I say, I guess. So when you were little, where were you raised? Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. And you made friends easily. You Do you still have friends from when you were very young? Yes, I have one very dear friend, Cindy Lewis. She lives in Colorado. She has beautiful red hair, mm. and we talk um, a lot, and she's the one that can make me laugh. She can 
Uh, like she'll call and I'll pick up the phone and say, hello. And she'll say, girl, and it just makes me laugh. We can be together and not even saying a word and her expressions just crack me up. And I just love her. She, I know I'm always going to laugh with Cindy. And how, and you met in when you were in little school? Yes. Um, I didn't have many friends, but I, I do have brothers, siblings. We all kind of went to the school about the same time. And, um, he was, he's very handsome. So most of the time I, I made friends that wanted to get close to him, if that makes sense. Sure. Like they would have a crush on him, but think, oh, well, I'll just hang out with his sister and maybe I can go over to their house and hang out with him instead. <laughs> so there's a lot of that going on. And I didn't have a lot of self-confidence. I didn't do very well in school. We, we struggled financially as a family. We moved around a lot. So there's a lot of uh, insecurities in my life young for uh, most of my school years. And um, yeah. And in high school, uh, when did you meet your husband? Well, (laughs) I was best friends with his sister. And I didn't even really notice him until uh, she invited me to dinner with his family, with her family. And I happened to sit the table directly across from him. And it's the first time I really noticed him. And I was probably maybe 15 at the time. And he had this beautiful feathered hair and the biggest brown eyes you ever saw. And he was just charming. And I just, I loved him right then and there. And, but he didn't really notice me until later when uh, we were at a swimming pool and I was wearing a two-piece bathing suit. That's what Yeah, baby. Uh-huh. Then it was on. And that was it? That was it. Do you still have that bathing suit? No, but I have pictures of it. <laughs> you might need to share that, please. <laughs> not, with the, not with my listener, but yes. um, with me in it. You can DM me. <laughs> I will. I will. And when you say you were best friends with his sister, are you still friends with his sister? Yes, yeah. She um, she's a great aunt. Uh, she's been very involved in my ch- in our children's life, and uh, we get together frequently. And yeah. And what did you take to your friends? You know, people take things to friends. Certain people. Was there a specific? I don't know, situation or situations that you would take to her, your best friend? Yes. You know, you know, you've heard of love languages and how some people, their tokens of, of love are, are gift givings. I think you're a gift giver. Uh, you just pick out the most unique gifts. And, uh, but I've always been terrible at that. I always second guess the gift or, think maybe they won't like it or something. I always second guess it. So I'm not a gift giver, but I have been known to uh, just be kind of eccentric in the way of bold, like, I don't know, other, a memory just popped in my head. If I may share it, please, That's you may have to edit. Idea. No, 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 no. We, we <laughs> edit nothing. We, this is a free flowing conversation. All right. Well, I'm going to share it all. Not many people have heard this story growing up. We had the neighborhood, you know, friends, and we would always hang out. And that's before TV, cell phones, all the rest. And we would get up at daylight and mom would have to call us in at 10 o'clock. And always before the day was over, 
and it was time to go home, I would always ask my friends, well, will I see you tomorrow? What time will you be out? You know, I always wanted to interact with friends. So we had this group of neighborhood kids and we would always go running around. We'd play hide and seek. Uh, we would play tag. I mean, in a big field. Well, one day we decided to go underground, you know, the rain catches and the, there are huge drums underneath the ground that take all the rainwater. Okay. We, we went down in that, in that gully and there was probably four of us, not many. And all the boys had their shirt off and I was the only girl. And I, you know, I, I was probably, I don't know, maybe eight or nine. I didn't have not, I was so flat chested. Guess what? I took off my shirt. I took off my shirt. I think it had gotten wet. We all were wet from under there, sure, you know, course. but they didn't care what they weren't. They didn't care. Nobody cared, you know? And so that's the kind of friendships I had growing up where uh, there was no uh, pressure or I don't know. It was just a wonderful childhood in the sense, in that sense. <laughs> we were heathens is what it was. We were heathens. Well, by the way, we were all heathens. <laughs> Children are we heathens. By, but, fair, but children on some level are heathens and feral if they haven't been so conditioned to restrict their natural impulses. Um, I raised my um, second child under a program called RIE, Resources for Infant Educators, R-I-E, started by a woman named Magda Gerber. And, you know, it's all about um, fostering independence and creativity in children and not restricting them. So um, I I like a good feral running mm. around child. You know, I had a similar childhood. I, I Even though it's hard to imagine, I grew up on a dirt road with uh, three girls across the four girls uh, directly next door. There was a fence between us with a gate. And my sister and I and those four girls, the Keith girls, we were a mob. And, you know... Nobody knew where we were, what we were doing. Nobody. There was none of that micromanagement. Um, as you said, you know, maybe we'd be able to watch the Brady Bunch, maybe, or, or, you know, that was sort of the extent of it, or maybe Sunday morning cartoons. Yes. Other than that, you were out of the house. That's right. And so it was always a very uh, free time. And so I, I relate to that. Um, I guess what I'm asking is, what did you, like, when did you start? I mean, you said you had a close family, but when did you start, or did you, finding that friendships brought something new and different, a different perspective, a different point of view? I think when I, I started realizing that you don't have to get along with everybody, you know, we were raised to get along with everyone. And like the first time I knew someone didn't like me or when I realized I didn't enjoy being around them and to the opposite of that, those that I really felt so good after having spent time with them and just noticing the difference that we're, we're not all going to get along and you don't always have to you know, like everybody, or I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> of course it makes sense. Um, that's called individuation. That's how people uh, create who they are. Uh, it's, uh, 
you know, you, you start to say, this is what I like, this is what I don't yes. like, um, in clothing, in music, in food, in friends, and, you know, it's how we start to go, this is me. And the way yes. we go, this is me, is I like this music, and I like that color, and I like to eat this. And I and then you find other people, and you go, oh, you like Joni Mitchell? Oh, I love Joni Mitchell. And then, yep, and then exactly. you build the beginning of a friendship. And you married young, and you have mm -hmm. two boys. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you were living, uh, I would call it, a fairly traditional life. Your husband yeah. is a postal worker. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. You live in Oklahoma City. You have two sons. You're part of a church, uh, really brought there by one of your sons, right? Mm -hmm. More yes. than the other. Um, and the community of that church and the fun and friendships. And I'm assuming you had friends in that yes. church. And yeah. Yes. Yeah, we were very active and uh, very long lasting relationships during that time. We'll be right back with more Good Friend after this quick break, so stick around. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot. But the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. There's plenty to celebrate in March, and ex National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. So what's interesting to me, and obviously is the sort of seed of our friendship and how we started to get to know each other. We're just still getting to know each other. We haven't been able to spend as much time. And there have been interruptions and, you know, that were way out of our control. COVID. Hey, COVID. Hate that COVID. 
But what happened is that how old was Parker when Parker finally told you that he was gay? Uh, he was 21 when he came out officially and, and took a stand as a gay man. 21. Okay. And there was a period, I don't need, I, um, we're not here to sort of rehash the whole story. Right, right. Just to give context to my listener so that um, they understand, you know, sort of what the, uh, how the, how the seed was planted. So your mm -hmm. son, Parker, the, I was going to say the elder, but he's not the elder. Is no, he the he's elder? the youngest. No. He's, he's the, the youngest. He was the two. baby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, declared that he was a gay man. Mm -hmm. And based on your religion and your community and the teachings and um, that interpretation of the word of God yes. and um, certainly the word of a very punishing, restrictive, um, non-affirming God, yeah. it, it caused and created a terrible breach and break in your family. Yes, it did. It was devastating. Yeah, without question. And um, I'm sure, obviously, very complicated and involves a much bigger <sighs> exploration than than we're going to necessarily have the time. And and it's not the intention of the podcast is to, sure, you know, sure. this is, I'm not, I'm not an investigative journalist and thrill <laughs> you on these questions. But I guess what I'm going for is the friendships that you had made in that church, mm -hmm. when you started to really listen to your son and really question the, the unfairness of it, the, wait a minute, I have to reject my child mm -hmm. because you say that God says, like, it just didn't, it, there was a point, there was a breaking mm -hmm. point for you. Yes? Yes. Okay. The people that you were friends with in that community, did you get to continue a f relationship with any of those people? No. Um, at the beginning, I think we were just cordial to each other, um, but you know, over time, you just alienated yourself from each other. And now I may, I might talk to one person through social media, uh, but no, no. Wow. So the friends that you have made, and you have made friends all <laughs> over the world yeah. with the organization called, and I want my listener to know this, freemomhugs.org, because what Sarah Cunningham did, besides raise her hand and say, I will come to your wedding and I will be your stand-in mom, Sarah Cunningham joined with other mama bears who are mothers of gay children and they go to parades and celebrations, gay pride parades and celebrations and gatherings, and they offer free mom hugs. They stand there with their arms open. And for so many people whose lives were put into the deep freeze of shame and isolation and sad, sad rejection from their families, 
the idea that there's this group of mama bears led by you, Sarah Cunningham, who open their arms and say, come here, I'm going to give you a big free mom hug. (laughs) The amount of people and friendships that you have made within that community all over the world, um, that's a whole different level of friendship. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about it. Yes, well, I, I have been fortunate to be uh, surrounded by, by many people, uh, wonderful and unique in their own right. Um, but I think the friendships that you're talking about, I, I don't want to say um, shallow, but there's only a dynamic, a part of me that they know. And unless they've read, you know, the book. Sarah's book, which is called How We Sleep at Night, by the way, is a book that Sarah published, a, a mother's memoir. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And I was very transparent there. And a, a lot of people that know about free mom hugs or the standard mom, they, they don't have any idea about the book. And so they just know about, they have no idea the, the struggle that I had with coming to terms with having a gay son going from the uh, tolerating, if you will, to celebrating him and getting involved with the community. So there's, there's a side of me that uh, the average volunteer or mom or chapter leader knows about me. And um, it's almost like an imposter syndrome because if they, if they just, you know, give me great accolades or just think that I'm so strong and so, you know, I don't know, being a founder of a nonprofit that's, that's going international soon that, Mm -hmm. that I just have it all together. And I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a founder of free mom hugs and um, I've Googled, founder syndrome at least 27 times since then, because I want to be a good founder. I want to be a good um, leader or a role model, if you will. But the truth is I have people around me who know how to run a nonprofit and I may be the face of it, have the heart for it and started the spark for it. But um, the dynamic of a personal life with that many friends, much like you, you have fans that follow you and, and from all around the world that, um, but they don't, they don't know the intimate parts of you or the tender parts of you or just, you know. Yeah, I do know. The tender underbelly, that yes. soft underbelly, not the, the external shell of I'm a warrior and I'm a proud advocate, a fierce advocate and mm, yes. stand up against oppression and bigotry and, you know homophobia and, 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 um, but I guess what I'm, I mean, I know Katrina is a close friend of yours. Um, and do you, I mean, you and Rex are close friends. He's your best friend, I'm guessing. Yes, yes, absolutely. And so you bring him a lot of stuff, but I, I guess it's simply to ask, what are the qualities that you that you bring to a good friend? Like what separates just a friend with a good friend with you? I think just being transparent where, mm. for uh, example, Katrina and I, we work together. We've gone through COVID together. You know, we, we stayed, I don't want to say sheltered in place, not necessarily together, but we were the only people that we were around outside of our significant others. And, but she knows everything, everything she can write a blog from my perspective and the average person would probably think I wrote the blog. And we have that synchronicity where we can uh, 
just be lighthearted and have fun and laugh and, you know, just tear each other up. But there's a, a serious side too. She knows the underbelly, you know, and, um, but I appreciate her so much. And there's, but there's things that I take to Rex that, I mean, obviously Katrina wouldn't know, uh, but I depend on Rex to be, uh, you know, to just call me out and to be honest with me, even if it's brutally honest. Uh, but I think I'm a serious friend. I like to have fun. I like to laugh. Um, I have great ideas, grandiose ideas, and um, they don't always come to fruition, but boy, we had a lot of fun. So yeah, I'm, I can be pretty serious, but I, I can have a lot of fun too. I like to laugh out loud. Yeah. In your Jeep. <laughs> yes, I love my Jeep. I told my husband when he gave it, when he got it for me, I said, if it's the last car I ever get, I'm happy. I'm happy if this is the last car I ever get. I don't yeah. want to ever not drive it. I look forward to driving it. <laughs> I understand. I know. I, I I know you know. Yeah. I I've been in it. <laughs> I've watched you drive. I yeah. have survived. I've survived a tour <laughs> uh, in that very Jeep. Is there something I need I don't already have? I know I'll get it from a good friend. Is we'll be right back with more good friend after this quick break. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. I also am going to bring up something really sad. Oh, dear. I know. Um, but, but, but it's sad, of course, uh, because it involves death. Yeah. But it also is triumphant. Um, because it involves love. Yes. Um, your sister 
um, who you dropped everything in your life, all of your work, your other parts of your family responsibilities, and you, who was dying of cancer, um, you went and bore witness. You, there's a, a beautiful essay by a woman named Debbie Hall in, um, I'll send it to you, Sarah, in uh, the program This I Believe. It's a podcast mm -hmm. I think you can get. And Debbie Hall, I heard it once at Christmas time many years mm -hmm. ago. And it's called the I Believe in the Power of Presence, that the act of presence is such a it's such a powerful act of mm -hmm. bearing witness to someone else's experience. So often we want to ameliorate it. We want to fix it. We want to ease it. We want to push it. We want to do this or we want to do that. And the power of presence that you gave your sister, mm -hmm. the simple connection with her was something that you shared with some loving friends. Mm -hmm. I was proud to kind of go on that journey with you. Yes, but I want to talk about her. Mm -hmm. Because if that isn't the definition of a good friend, I'm not sure what is. Yeah. Well, thank you. Her, uh, She's my older sister. Um, my mother had a family of five, so uh, she was oftentimes left alone with us while my mother worked. And she, she practically raised us. And uh, I adored her since, you know, she was my sister. Mm -hmm. And um, anywhere she would go when she got her license, I would always go with her. And she even saved my life on a couple of, con on a couple of occasions. And um, so we have always been close. And so when she was diagnosed with breast cancer, uh, I remember the day she called me and told me. I remember where I was. And I instantly started grieving right then, right then and there. And she lived about two years after her diagnosis. Near the end, um, I wanted to go see her. And we thought she just would have a couple of weeks left because by this time, hospice had been contacted and we're making arrangements to, you know, get that set up. And so I went to stay with her thinking it was just going to be two weeks. Well, she got a little better when she was able to be comfortable and eat a little bit. And she ended up uh, living another three months. So I stayed with her. And I'm so glad that I had that time. But I was very transparent uh, sharing on my social media pages about it because part of me, I didn't know whether I wanted to do that because it's going to come up as a Facebook memory now. <laughs> and so I have to, you know, you're going to have to see that every year. And, you know, it's, it's still still like a wound. Just grief is just a there's something about it, like I think of it like strikes like lightning. It it's so loud and so I don't know the words to explain, but imagine getting striked by lightning. It stops you in your tracks. But there's something energetic about it that you think this is life. And it's the energy of grief and loving and just being able to be a part of that and walk alongside. And it's hard and it's sweet, and uh, but it's an energy that, that we just don't talk about 
very much. And that's why I think we're so devastated when it's happened. It happens because we don't talk about it. And uh, so it was a beautiful experience. I miss her dearly every day. And, um, but I do remember something that you said early on in our relationship that, um, and I don't know if you, if it's a quote from you or something that you picked up along the way, but living life on life's terms. Yeah. And I think about that a lot because life, we don't have any control over it at all. We don't have control over anything. No, you're well, you're right about anything that. except ourselves, except yes. our own actions, our own deeds, our own intentions, mm. our own ways of expressing ourselves in the universe. That's mm -hmm. the only thing we actually can control. Life on life's terms is a recovery phrase because we're asking people to abstain from medication, from alcohol or drugs. You're saying, we are going to remove that from your life. You're, you're going to remove that. You're going to abstain from drinking or taking drugs. And you may have strength and feel really confident and in your body and in your feet on a beautiful sunny day when you're eating a protein bar and, you know, and you're going to exercise and you're going to do this and then you're going to meditate and then you're going to try to rest. And, but, you know, life is going to happen to you. Mm -hmm. um, something is going to, there's going to be a day where Everything is going to go wrong at the same time. Yeah. And all of the feelings that you used to, that used to be helped by drugs and alcohol are going to come flooding back at you. And you have to be ready to know that it's life on life's terms. You're going to have terrible days as a sober person. Horrible things are going to befall you and or a family member. Mm -hmm. It is the way of the universe. Life on life's terms, not our terms. Yeah. Well, that, that's really helped me a lot. Well, and I'm happy because it isn't exclusive to recovery. It, no. was, it was articulated through that because mm -hmm. people who are in recovery no longer have the medicine to take when they're feeling terrible, mm -hmm. when they're super sad, or when they're super happy. Like the none of the natural ways that most people look at celebrating or, or grief taking, you're removing the thing that would actually physically make you feel, it would relax you or mm -hmm. would comfort you. We think it's going to comfort us. It doesn't. Right. Um, and so it is a way of sort of saying life on life's terms is um, a way of just accepting things as they are. Yeah. And uh, I also like the the phrase, you know, people have their turn in the barrel. Um, and uh, I have a um, the young woman who helps me, her family right now, it's their turn in the barrel. It's a bad time. It's a hard time. It's a harsh time. It's a, it's a brutal time. It involves health and stuff. And, you know, but everyone gets in the barrel. Everyone. There's not a person alive. If you're human, you've been in the barrel. And it's great to have friends when you, when you come out of the barrel. Mm -hmm. and, there, and there they are. 
Um, um, and I know, I know how your sister felt when she would open her eyes and there you were. <laughs> because, and, and, you know, it's called Good Friend. It's not called Good Sister Podcast. Mm -hmm. It's called a Good Friend mm -hmm. Podcast. I'm interviewing friends. I haven't, you know, maybe the next season I will interview my family because they're mm -hmm. my friends. But in that example with you, I found the best qualities of a good friend, mm -hmm. um, you know, generosity and telepathy and the things we've started to hear on this podcast kind of trust there's a, a simplicity to it you just you just everything dwindles down to comfort basic needs just uh, companionship and um i know we haven't mentioned it and i'm not trying to you know glorify anything but you're a nonprofit with my hand in yours what a simple gesture what a simple thing and even in hugs it's so simple Yet it, it gives so much, not only to the receiver, but to the giver, see? And I think that's a, the essence of humanity. And I learned another word from you, Ubuntu. I am because of you. You are because of me. And what affects you affects me. And what, what uh, concerns you ought to concern me. And I want to talk about one more thing, because today... You just keep talking. I went to the post office and I noticed that the flags were at half mast. And I thought, why are they at half mast? So I Googled, you know, you can Google that thing. And it said, because um, the president ordered that the flags be at half staff today in order to recognize and honor the Asian, the violence that's mm -hmm. been brought along to the Asian uh, community. And my heart's, I mean, my heart's just broken for that community. When I heard about what was happening, my heart just sank. But to have a, a president or a man in such authority to be so empathetic and to cause the world to stop and lower that flag, that's the kind of world that I want to live in. That's the part of humanity that calls, I don't know the president, I don't know his middle name, maybe I do. I'm all that to say, the ripple effect of that, of compassion and being visible with it and being vocal with it and bringing it, it's inspiring and it causes people to stop and think about what's happening. And I think that's the essence of humanity, of life. And I think that's when we just get it, even if it's just for a moment at the post office parking lot, I got it. And then I have to go along about my way, but it was a moment, but it's still with me. And now it's with you because I shared it. See? Well, and that's how we met. And that's how Free Mom Hugs was born. Yes. And that's how you raised your hand and said, I will do this. Um, it was how, it, in the same way that your son was able to say, this is who I am, and yes, suffered for it, 
and and then healed from that suffering mm -hmm. and now has continued to help amplify it you that change in you that you just said you gave it to me and I received it just now that message and I was aware that that had happened with the mm -hmm. flags um that it's the way we share things that's what friendship is ultimately not to mm -hmm. kind of bring it back to friendship but you know what you've been talking about is friendship whether or not um uh, you said the word friend in every word that you were describing about what it made you feel mm -hmm. and what you hope the universe can be, the America you want to live in, yeah. an inclusive America that recognizes people for their inherent humanness rather than uh, sexual orientation or the color of their skin or their or or their religious beliefs mm -hmm. or their outfits or their hair or their music they listen to or whatever it is the way we mm -hmm. separate everyone that when you just open your heart to people um friends family your beautiful sister your brother mm -hmm. your sons your community, your friends around the world, Katrina, me, mm -hmm. it just, you in that parking lot at the post office mm -hmm. will now, as you said, the ripple effect, that my listener will tell someone else about it, that that's how this all goes. And, yeah. and if we're lucky to have someone like you be with us, at the end of our lives, we will be able to complete that circle and say, I'm going to go now. You carry on. You carry on for me, you know. Mm -hmm. I will go and then you'll go and then they'll carry on for you. And that's how the circle of life. Welcome to the circle of life podcast, everybody. So I'm, I am just beyond grateful that you would come oh, and talk on you. the good friend podcast and share your depth and, um, your heart and your spirit. Um, and we are all better for it. And, um, I love you and I love God you. bless you. Thank you for being a good friend. Thank you for being on the podcast to the listener. Um, if you're still listening god bless you and stay yes. safe and uh that's it good friend is produced by dylan fagan and is a production of iHeartRadio. our theme song good friend is written, produced, and performed by Emily King. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. No one likes to talk about money. Am I saving enough? Can I buy a house? Am I paying too much in taxes? Will I be able to retire? What if you could unlock insights about your finances in less than five minutes with a clear picture of where you stand today and where your money can work harder? Now you can. Visit facet.com to take the free quiz and get your financial wellness score today. That's F-A-C-E-T.com. This ad is sponsored by Facet. Facet Wealth Incorporated is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Listen.